You are now listening to the Life, Faith, and Mental Health Podcast. I am B. King, and it is my life's work to see you live healthy, live whole, and live well. Now, how y'all doing out there? Y'all all right? Before we jump into today's topic, please note that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute for professional counseling. For more information on how you can get connected to a counselor, please visit imaginationbeautiful.com. Listen, thank you so much for tuning in to episode one of the Life, Faith, and Mental Health podcast. I just cannot tell you how excited I am to be getting this podcast off the ground. This, listen, honey, this baby has been with me for a long time and it is time. How about that? For those of you who do not know me, my name is Brittany. Most people call me B. King and I am a licensed counselor, anxiety specialist, and self-proclaimed laughter connoisseur. So I hope that you walk away from this experience, this time together with a sense of joy, a sense of excitement, and just some form of, of, of clarity and, and resolve about what it is that God would have for your life. Amen, somebody. I like to say amen, somebody. And so I'm going to say that here sometimes. And wherever you are listening, it's okay for you to amen back. How about that? That's what we're going to do on this podcast. <laughs> so I, I want to tell you a little bit about the name before I get into today's topic. Of course, as you know, the name is the Life, Faith, and Mental Health Podcast. And I wanted to deal with, I got notes. So if you hear pages turning, it's because I have my handy dandy notebook um, with me. Anybody that knows, I am a sucker for some old fashioned pencil and paper. It'll bless you. Anywho, um, so I was trying to think about, you know, when you think about the concept of starting a podcast and talking to the people and just kind of having a different avenue to help support, you know, people and I guess just in general, right? And share valuable information or things like that. What is it that the folks need? Okay. And so I've been practicing uh, for about eight years now, like seven, eight years postgraduate at the time of recording this podcast. And so I've worked with a lot of people from literally all over the world. I kid you not. I've worked with people from Turkey, from uh, South Africa, from, oh my goodness. I mean, I feel like the list just goes on from different parts of Asia, from France, um, I mean, all over, okay? I've worked with people of different ages, different backgrounds, all sorts of things. And some of the pieces that I've noticed is that when you think about this concept of life, right, it's something that we are all living. It's a, it's a common experience. We are all living life together and and sometimes in life things just happen but there's a ton of things that we create and so I really want to be able to create a space to talk through how we create 
some of the different situations and scenarios and thought patterns in our lives, why we create them and how to develop new ones. And then that kind of leads me to faith, right? That really taps into our being. Like it goes beyond the natural, the physical, and it really taps into who we are. So one of my favorite examples of how I like to describe like the soul and just the depths of who we are as people is when you hear people say things like, I just love her smile, right? A lot of times that don't really have nothing to do with the person's teeth, I mean, nice teeth are dope, right? And if somebody really likes your teeth, they typically say you have beautiful teeth. But if if there is a spirit behind your smile, when somebody smiles or they laugh, and it's like there's something else behind that, that really starts to tap into who we are at the deepest parts of ourselves. And so I want to take the opportunity to look at how our faith impacts our identity. And what we believe about ourselves. And then, of course, my favorite, mental health. Uh, Like I told you, I am a licensed professional counselor. And so I've been in the game for a little while. And I recognize that while mental health is growing in popularity, notice I said growing. I think a lot of people think, oh, it's just so common now. But you would be so surprised at how many people step into my office And they're still very uh, concerned about stigma and about, you know, well, I'm not crazy and and just things like that. It it hasn't gone away. The stigma and the issues and the concerns and the fears around dealing with our thoughts and emotions has not gone away. And so the beautiful thing about our mental health, though, is when we nurture it and we love on it. And, and we really do the work to be in a healthy place, it is a foundational element of our peace. And if you are not well mentally and emotionally, your peace is not intact. You can love the Lord. You can have a good life. You can have done the work to create good things in your life. But if your mental health is is, is not taken care of and managed well, your peace has been compromised. And so I want the opportunity to look at those three very important things with you. We're going to dig into different topics every week, um, and we are going to try to encompass those different concepts each and, with each and every topic that we discuss. And so one of the main things that I want you to think about when you tune into this podcast is that life, faith, and mental health are really some uh, major pieces of who we are. And so I want us to take the time to be intentional about reconciling the pieces that make us whole. Come on. Are you ready or not? Happy New Year. If you're listening to this and it's no longer January, then happy today. How about that? Um, But I I do. I want us to really, really be intentional about reconciling the pieces that make us whole. 
Because a lot of times it can be easy to focus on one part of ourselves and still carry the burden of fear and shame and guilt about another. And we're going to call all of that to the carpet and deal with it right here at the Life, Faith, and Mental Health Podcast. So are y'all ready for today's topic for the episode one? Come on. The first topic, and it's so funny, this one has been on my heart for I know two years. Like I'm not even kidding. Two years. It's been on my heart. And I want to pose a question to you. One of my favorite things to do is to ask questions. And it's not for the point of being antagonizing or uh, demeaning or anything like that. But I believe that the work that I do is really about pulling out of you what is already within you. That's something that I was taught in my graduate program and something that I have seen just be so true and play out um, in the work that I've done with so many people. And so a lot of times what we need and what we need to, to know and connect with is already inside of us. And it takes some of the right questions and the right reflection time and things like that to really help us be able to tap into it. So my question for you today is, are you in your lane? Huh? Are you there? Are you there? Are you in your lane? Are you in your lane? You may be in a lane, but are you in your lane? And if you are, I want you to stay tuned. I want you to stay with me because I got something for you too. If you really believe that you are in your lane, trust me, honey, I have something for you as well. But I wanted to start the podcast with this particular topic because while it is talked about a lot, I think that there are some crucial elements that still need to be addressed. And not to say that the people talking about it aren't doing a great job, because that just would not be true. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I just think it's one of those topics that never never gets old and never uh, stops needing to be revisited. Because in a world full of distractions and competition and comparison and all of these things, it can be so easy to veer out of your lane. So that is my question for you. Hold that question with you. And we're going to go through some stuff together real quick. Now, what exactly is your lane, right? How do we define what is somebody's lane? What does that look like? What might it be? How do I figure it out? A lot of people may say, you know, they may pose the question of what is my purpose? And when I thought about that, I think that the answer to that really goes much deeper than occupation. And it goes much deeper than what you majored in or what you like per se. So this is what I came up with. It is your area of instruction. That's right. Instruction and brilliance. And this makes me even more excited. So let's talk about instruction for a minute. This is where we're going to pull in the concept of faith. So what is instruction? 
It's defined as a direction or order. Detailed information, excuse me, detailed information telling how something should be done, operated, or assembled. When I thought about that as believers, right, where do we get our instruction? We get it from God. And oftentimes, there's something that that we believe um, that we should be doing. There's something that's on our heart. There's something that drives us, that pushes us. And oftentimes, there's something that you believe you're being led or directed to do. And whatever that thing is, it will not leave you alone. It wakes you up in the middle of the night. It's the first thing you're thinking about in the morning. It's the last thing you're thinking about before you go to bed. It's the thing that comes up every time you're in a small group, every time you try to pray, every time, you know, the new year rolls around, what have you. It just simply will not leave you alone. And so as I was kind of just writing, just jotting that down and thinking through this concept of instruction, one of the things that came to my mind was for people that say, well, I just got saved. I don't really, you know, I don't know that I hear the Holy Spirit like that, or I'm I'm still trying to figure all of this stuff out, right? Or for the person who says, I've been saved, you know, I've been doing this, but it just doesn't feel like it's that deep, like it's not that deep, like there's no one thing or what have you or a particular purpose that I need to be focused on. But the reality is that there is still something on your heart for you to do with your life and with your time. If you are honest, and let me tell you how I know. So one of the things that I love to do with clients is give them a wellness plan. And with this wellness plan, what we do is we walk through different areas of your life and we set goals. There's a ton of different examples of these type of activities out there in the world. What I like in particular about the plan that I use is that um, I pose some questions through the process of looking at the different areas. And so the first question is, what do you want to accomplish? You can go as big as you want to go with your answer to that question. You can you can say, you know, your 30-year goal, your lifetime goal, whatever that thing is, go for it. Put it out there. Like, let's talk about it, right? And then the next question, the follow-up to that is, now what can you do this week to get there? So we're not going to just get lost in the big picture, the big goal, what have you. We're going to pare that thing down to what you can do this week to help you to get there. And in all my years, you know, I ain't the oldest woman, okay? But in seven, almost eight years, not one time, not one time has somebody not had a goal to put on that paper. We underestimate the things that are on our heart. And we compare and we look at other people's lives. We look at other people's progress, other people's uh, businesses and Instagram pages. And I mean, you know, the, the talk on social media is not new. Okay. We all, we all know about it, but it doesn't mean that it makes it any easier all of a sudden, right? But the reality is that 
if you were to sit down and look at any area of your life and say, what do I want to accomplish? There's something there. That's all you need. That's all you need. Even if you just say, man, I just need to drink some water. Follow that. Start there. Start drinking your water, right? Start, you know, if you say, I ain't read a book since the 99 and the 2000, pick up a book. Start reading a book. Start somewhere. Oftentimes, we just completely dismiss the starting point because we feel like it doesn't compare to where other people are or it's not a big enough thing for us to say that we're doing in our life. But you may pick up that book and in reading it, get a revelation about your purpose. You may start drinking water and start having more energy and start eating better. And then one day you're cooking and you get a revelation or an idea and you say, okay, let me, let me do this thing, right? Like you just don't know. And so we cannot underestimate even the most minuscule instruction because that helps us and puts us in our lane. Now, my second thing, brilliance. Now this one blessed me, honey, because if you know B King, you know she loves a good definition. So let me tell you about the definition of brilliance. It is the quality or state of being brilliant. And for something to be brilliant, means that it is striking, distinctive, distinguished. Another definition is a gem such as a diamond cut in a particular form with numerous facets so as to have special brightness or brilliance. I'm just going to let you catch that part on the way home. It's cut, come on somebody, in a particular form with numerous facets. If that if that ain't you, if you ain't a gem, if you ain't cut in a particular form with numerous facets. That's why we get so frustrated about our purpose because we feel like we got to just latch on to one thing and 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 proclaim that that's it. But that don't have to be the case, honey. You have numerous facets. The problem is Maybe you don't need to do all of them at once because we all got to start somewhere. And, and the thing, the reason why I chose the word brilliance when talking about the concept of are you in your lane is because brilliance goes beyond institutional achievement. Brilliance goes beyond magna cum laude. Brilliance goes beyond uh, senior executive. Brilliance goes beyond uh, all these different things. You don't have to have any of those. You don't have to have a GED to have a lane of brilliance. I'm just going to let that sit on you. I'm not, and I, you know, I would love to go back to school at some point and get my doctorate. Like I'm going to, at some point in my life, um, achieve that. I, I, I believe that. So I am all for formalized education. I'm all for climbing the ladder and becoming the senior executive or the CEO or what have you. I'm not saying, you know, that by any stretch of the imagination. But what I'm saying is, is that the lane that is for you is not contingent upon title or position. The lane that is for you is not contingent upon title or position. Now, now let's talk about the 
Let us talk about faith. Let, let's go. I'm switching books here. So I want to tell you about my boy Noah when it comes to being in your lane. In Genesis chapter 6, um, it tells us, it kind of begins the story of Noah. It tells us about how the world was in a bad shape, right? And then it goes into the instructions that God gave Noah. And what I love about this is the instructions were so particular and so detailed that I just I just feel that brilliance would be a great way to describe the work that Noah did on that ark to build that ark simply on a word from God. Numerous times throughout the story, I'm not going to read all of it, but numerous times throughout the story of Noah and the ark um, and the great flood, it says things like, you know, God said, uh, let, let me pick a spot. Just for example, in chapter six, verse 20, uh, God was telling Noah what kind of animals to put on the boat. And he said, two of every kind of bird of every kind of animal and of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you and be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Verse 22 says, Noah did everything just as God commanded. I mean, that is repeated. If you take time to read it, you can go, you can jump down um, to chapter seven. I'm looking at verse four. God said, seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth and 40 days and 40 nights. And I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. Verse five, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. That was after God had told Noah, if you go back up to the very beginning of chapter seven, it's where God is instructing Noah and his family to go ahead and get on the ark. And over and over again, God would give Noah these, these very detailed instructions about what he would have for him to do. And immediately after it says, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. And what's so funny about it is, or what's so intriguing rather about it is that it had never rained. Noah had, had not, to my knowledge, Based on what the information shares, we know that Noah was 500 years old because back here in chapter five, it tells us that Noah was 500. Chapter five, verse 32. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I think I said that correctly. So we know that my man was 500 and had some children. Okay. The world was wicked. God said, I'm going to shut this down. But he found favor. He favored Noah. And I want you to know that the same way that God favored Noah is the same way that Jesus thought about you when he was on that cross. It's the same way that he thinks about you. And it's funny when I was... Uh, Thinking about, you know, what do you want to say on the first podcast? What do you want to bring up? And, you know, we're in a pandemic. And just a couple of days ago, some stuff popped off 
in DC. We not we're not even going to tap dance on that here. But <laughs> I will say that it was funny to me because right now we're living in times where the world seems increasingly evil where things seem so bad and and people have been saying lord is this the end are you coming back what you know what's going on but even in the midst of god being sick of it even in the midst of him saying i sh- i shouldn't even made these humans they just trifling he didn't say trifling but you know even in the midst of that he favored noah He gave him instruction and Noah did all that the Lord commanded of him. And so without ever seeing rain, without, I I don't know that he had ever built an ark (laughs) per se. I don't know why he would have needed one if it had never rained before. We don't know. I don't I don't know what Noah's profession was. If you know, you know, tell me. Let me know. Holler at me. I don't know exactly what his profession was before all of this. But when God gave him the, the word, when God gave him the instructions, he took that little bit and he and he worked and, and he built that ark. So back in chapter five, we see that Noah is 500 years old and has children. And then in chapter seven, we see that he is 600 years old and the flood has just started. And I have to tell y'all that I searched and searched and maybe there's some other Bible scholars somewhere that can say exactly how long it took him to build this ark and to follow through on the instructions that God had given him. Perhaps it took the full 100 years. Perhaps it took 20 Maybe it took 15 days. I don't know. Okay. But in the time that I was searching and searching and searching, trying to figure out how long did it take him, it kind of, it hit me. It doesn't matter. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. It doesn't matter how long it took him to build the ark. He followed the instruction that the Lord had given. And a lot of times we we abort our goals. We, we give up on the things that we desire. We give up on the things that we believe that God has called us to, or has even the things that we believe God has promised us because we can't make the timeline make sense. And it's less about the timeline making sense than it is about being faithful to that which is in our lane. Noah was in his lane. And that was his area of instruction and absolute brilliance. Because all these years and generations and centuries later, we are still talking about the phenomenon of him building an ark for every animal, for his family. The fact that they survived on this ark. The Bible says that it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. And then for like another 150 days, they lived in this place. That is how powerful a word from God is in your life. 
it can live far longer than your timeline. It can live far longer than what you're trying to hit by 30, than what you're trying to do before 35, than the 40 under 40 list that you're trying to make it on. God's word can live beyond that. And so I want to encourage you as you listen to this, as we talk about this concept of reconciling the, the pieces that make us whole. Sometimes there's a piece of us that's given up. There's a piece of us that says, maybe I can't get in my lane. Maybe I can't get to my lane. And the thought of staying stuck where you are is agonizing, anxiety provoking, depressing, and all of these different things. And I want to encourage you today that God has instruction for you. Wherever you are, whatever it is that you may be going through, whatever questions that you may have, he has instruction for you. But will you just follow the one thing, the small thing, one idea that just won't let you go? Will you research it? Will you pray about it? The one goal that's been on your list year after year after year after year, and you're already beginning to feel as though you're just going to give up on it. Will you try again? So I just want to encourage you to not give up. I want to encourage you that reconciliation will be real in your life. And we are going to work together to put those pieces back together and to help you experience the fullness and the abundance that God has called us to. I could talk about this forever, but I won't do that today because what you're going to have to do is pull up for episode two. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm, I'm going to leave it right there. God had a word for Noah and it says over and over and over again that Noah did everything just as the Lord commanded him. There is a word for you, for your lane. And I want to encourage you that even if it doesn't make sense, even if you've never seen rain, that God is faithful and that word has power and it has meaning for your life. So if you want to go back and read the story of Noah, it starts in Genesis chapter six. Um, Chapter five is really more of a uh, genealogy between Adam to Noah. I mean, you know, you can read all of it if you would like, but it starts at Genesis chapter six and then it goes. I know you hear pages turning. It goes through, I believe, chapter nine. So that can be some fun reading for you and I shall see you next week. We are going to be releasing a new episode every single week. Um, so stay tuned. You can follow me on Instagram at bkinglive. Remember to like, subscribe, share it with a friend, tell your mama them to listen. <laughs> and I just thank you again for tuning in to the Life, Faith, and Mental Health Podcast with me, your host, be King. I'll see y'all next week.